there's new Taylor Swift in the world. We should have just done a whole bonus episode. Honestly. Just about Taylor Swift. I mean, and we can do a full length one that people might enjoy. Um, what do you think? Okay. I don't know. And I've only, like, I was like, no, Annie, before you read reviews, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I love it. I also love it. I love it. There are a couple songs, interestingly, the ones she released. That are the worst ones. Yes, that are the worst ones, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I've come around to You Need to Come Down. Me too. I think it's fine. I hate me. Agreed. Me is terrible. Yeah. I think there are four songs in the album that could go. I think it's too long of an album. It's too long, and there are four songs that aren't very good. Which four? Um, I actually did a a tier ranking that I will post on Patreon. (laughs) Okay. Um, And I'll post it even as a free thing on Patreon, so everybody can listen, can look at it. Um, but here, here are my tiers. Um, S tier or iconic bops or okay. cruel summer. I think he knows in paper rings. That's fair. These are the best songs in the album. Okay. A tier certified bangers. Okay. I forgot that you existed. Lover, Miss Americana and the heartbreak prince, which I adore. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, Cornelia street and death by a thousand cuts. Death by a thousand cuts is so good. Do you know that it's based on the movie someone great, which is partially based on the song clean from 1989. I did not know that. Yep. Okay, I um, If you that. listen to it after having watched the movie, it is line for line the movie. Fascinating. Okay, yes. I'm going to go back and look at that. I want to talk about Lover, mm-hmm. which I really like, hate the word lover. So it's, yeah, it's hard. I get it. It's I just agree. hard. To, I agree. But, but I think, but I do love some of the, I don't know if it's the chorus, I love some of the musical things she's doing. The instrumentation's great. I think we yes. talked about how it's like all... Lots of horns. It is. It's all... Um, Instruments that are traditionally found in wedding bands. Yeah, and you can tell a lot of the mm-hmm. album has horns. B tier, very good. The Archer, London Boy, and Soon You'll Get Better. Oh, I soon was, You'll Get Better. It's very good. Here's my, my one qualm with it is yeah. that's a weird choice, a very personal, very good song, a weird choice for the line featuring the Dixie Chicks. It's, I okay, I don't take an issue with that. I find it a weird album placement. Weird, like, I have a lot of issues with album placement. Weird Weird for where it is, because I'm driving along. There are transitions I, that don't make sense to me. I want to say Soon You'll Get Better is after... What is it It's after, after London Boy. Okay, so I'm driving along, which I love London Boy. Yeah, me too. It's, it's so cute. fun. <laughs> okay, and then I'm driving along. First time I'm listening to the album in my car, and all of a sudden I'm... Li- you know, and you're listening to the words, and I'm like, oh, what's this about? Like, because you're always asking mm-hmm. yourself, like, what life experience is this about? And then I'm like, oh, oh no, this is this about, is about her illness. mom. And then I'm parked in my non-existent driveway, not sobbing, but tearful because I'm like, oh no, Taylor Swift's mom, all of our moms, mm-hmm. all of our grief. Mm-hmm. It's just very sad. It is. The Dixie Chicks sound real good. The Dixie Chicks sound great. Ready for them to make their comeback. I like the sound on the album. And apparently that's how it happened, that they were in the studio, same studio recording okay. their album when okay. she was like... So they've got a new album coming out? Okay. Um, C tier, this is fine. You need to calm down and the man. I would, I could be persuaded that the man could be up on B tier because I I think it's really fun. I think I would put the man up with London Boy. Yeah. They are the same for me. There's the same level of fun. I agree. So I might bump that up. D tier, not the best. Daylight and Afterglow. Yeah, by the end of the album, I'm like, I don't need these two songs. Mm -mm. And so the thing about Daylight is I like it in concept. Okay. Kelsey's theory is that it's not finished. It's kind of a rough draft of a song and needed another round of revision. Okay. And did you see that that was what they were going Mm -hmm. to name the album? And I think kind of once she figured out Lover, she abandoned Daylight. Yes. And you can tell. Yes. Um, Afterglow, I think, is completely forgettable. Yeah. Um, It has a weird... There's a poetic thing in there where she's, like, comparing, like, 
some things that I don't think deserve to be compared. Okay. And I don't want to talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> um, E-tier, the album would be better without this. False God. Oh, um, interesting. Real, real dud for me. In the same vein as Daylight. Okay. I just don't think it's done. I was about to say, False God, to me, is the equivalent of Daylight and Afterglow. Those yeah. are not my favorite songs yeah. on the album. Me, trash. Don't yeah, care for it. Not. not good. It's the same as Shake It Off. It's what the, It's always those first releases yeah. of her. And it's fine. Yeah. They're just not for me. Exactly. And then It's Nice to Have a Friend. Okay, I listened to It's Nice to Have a Friend. It remind. You know what it reminded me of? I The loved, Big Little Lies intro? Oh, well, yes. For <laughs> That's sure. That's what it reminds me of. Yes. But <laughs> the song itself reminds me of... Is it New Year's Day on the last album? Which I really like. That's one of my favorites on the last yes. album. Yes. But it reminds me of that... Also feels super short. Yeah, it's it's the shortest song in the album. Yeah. It's two and a half minutes long. But in that I thought, I guess what I mean is, I would have liked it at the end. Mm. I thought it should have been the last song. Mm. And just end the album there. I read that the children's choir that's in the background yes. was something to do with a charity. And so that this charity receives royalties from the song. Okay. And that's probably why it's included on the album. Okay. Um, and so it's a good like long-term way to... Yeah. To, to give back. I thought it was fine. I I don't think it's very good I thought, as a song. I thought Daylight and Afterglow and False Gods are the same, but in I, the, I could just get rid of those. And three. you could argue that, and I think that's that's totally fine. It's her longest album, mm-hmm. too. And, and I, it's four or five tracks too it long. It just didn't need to be. I think Cruel Summer is maybe the best pop song she's ever written, though. Um, A lot of this album, to me, is... Right where I like her, which is kind of mm-hmm. a slight 80s vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super that 80s is, vibe, yeah. Because that is... That is what I like mm-hmm. um, when it comes to pop songs. I like pop songs that are eight, reminiscent of the '80s. There are some Paper Ring. I could Paper Rings is so good. It's so good. Um, I don't know. I, and even I think some critics have been like, I forgot that you existed. Is fine. I love. I think it. it's fine. I I think it's fine in concept. When I actually listen to it though, I'm like, ooh, I like this. Yeah, I love it, and I love it as the opening song. Mm-hmm. It's like it's to the me, transition piece from to the New previous. York. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I liked, like, that was an unpopular opinion. I liked Welcome to New I York. I love Welcome to New York. But, like, it's just a fun bop. Like, it's just <laughs> a fun way to introduce your mm-hmm. album. Um, but I I went in because of the three songs she released. Did she release mm-hmm. three? Um, or four. Because Lover and The Archer are both good. And I liked The Archer. Um, I don't think, I think I heard Lover once before the album itself came out. Um, but I think I was a little nervous. Like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. But I... I love it. I was trying to think, what's your favorite Taylor Swift album? Probably Red. Okay. Overall. Okay. Um, I think mine might be 1989. And that's a good choice, too. Yeah. I think those are both top tier. But I but I really like this one. I like this one a lot. I was worried after Me and You Need to Calm Down, mm-hmm. um, which, again, like you, that one kind of has grown on me, especially when you're dealing with people mm-hmm. and you're like, no, I do need to calm mm-hmm. down, and so do you. <laughs> um, but I think... Based on those releases, I was like, this is immature. Like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to see you mature. I agree. And then I listened then to the I album, and it. I was like, okay, you have. And it made me insanely happy for her and Joe. Yeah. Hope it works out. Hope it works because, out. <laughs> because, because she's really laid herself bare. She's like, man, I, after Paper Rings, if he hasn't proposed, yeah. like... That's an invitation. You were the one who was like, is she secretly married? And now yeah. I'm like, oh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Welcome to episode 238 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and it's been several weeks since I have been regularly featured on the show. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. We, uh, we met last week to record some bonus content. That's what we did last week. Yeah. I was like, it's been a long time. We just did this. No, we, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. Um, I remember now. Last week's episode was our live show from July. That's right. The week before that was Backless, Backless Book Club with Book Hunter. Club. The week before that, I think, was me. Yeah. Um, but we recorded that, I think, two weeks before that. So, so it's really, been a while. It's been like a month since I recorded an actual episode. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. Welcome um, back. Welcome back. We uh, talked before we started recording about the many stressors in our lives. Um, and after after watching season two of Mindhunter, I'm very wary of the word stressor <laughs> because it's what they talk about in terms of what sets serial killers yes, off. Yes, when somebody breaks. And I'm not talking about that. <laughs> but there are many things that are stressful in our lives. Um, the summer was just this wild up and down flux of... Just this wild, wild west yeah. of accomplishments for you mm-hmm. and like landmark moments mm-hmm. for you and then... I just was never home uh-huh. and had these really amazing experiences, right. but then trying to process them. We both had good summers. Yes. Oh, yes. But just like out of our rhythm. Certainly not normal summers. Not normal. Like C- I'll, cruel summers, I'll, you might say. I'll probably never. I was thinking, and I'm not depressed by it, but it is like, I don't know if I'll ever have another summer like that. Right. Which is both good, but also because I traveled so much, a little sad. I yeah. liked that part. Yeah. Um, and we talked in some bonus content that I think will go live next Thursday, and then also in last week's new release Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, or you talked about your travel and all the places you had been yes, and all this wild stuff that you were doing that took you out of your yes. comfort zone. Out of my element. I was talking to, I got a business coach this summer. That's one of the things I got. And I was talking to her last, this week. And I said, I need, I'm ready to reestablish rhythm. Like I'm ready the summer just was kind of a wash mm-hmm. in terms of normalcy. And so now, much like you are going back to school, mm-hmm. I think I'm like, okay, Labor Day is here, and I am ready to have some kind of rhythm to my days. Back to the season. Yes. And I don't know what that looks like for me. Right. Because entrepreneurship makes that difficult. Mm-hmm. But as a person, I function best with rhythm. Yeah. So really hoping that works out for me. Yeah. <laughs> Because all the days here are like the wild, wild west. Yeah. Like the days here are just this up and down. You think you're going to do one thing and then you wind up, you know, handling parking spaces. Right. Like Like you're in a parking lot a half mile away. (laughs) What did I do to deserve this? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Oh, it's so. No one deserves this. No, it's so bad. Ugh. Yeah. So, yeah. So we were talking last week because we were trying to plan out. Basically, the rest of the year mm-hmm. of episodes, mm-hmm. which go us. Go us. Um, because I think we both... I know I needed that. I need the structure, I for sure. I do, too. And um, obviously, there's room to, like, wiggle. Uh-huh. And we can... But... It, it's still relatively fluid. Yeah, but... But to have an idea of what we're doing is super it's helpful. so nice. And so we did that last week. And then, of course, we filled in every blank except this week... And we were like, what should we be doing? Like, what what should we talk about? And we both just decided stress. Stress. And how does stress affect our reading lives? What do our what books do we find ourselves drawn to during times of stress? And I think we have talked about this before in snippets. 
But I don't know that we've ever devoted a whole episode to it. No. Um, and I like, we used to do themed episodes about like, if you're experiencing this or would like to know more about this, here are some books. Yeah. Not necessarily on the subject, but that like yeah. relate to this. Yeah. Um, I think about our grief one a lot. I think that's actually that's one, one of our my... very popular episodes because it's one of our best. One of my favorite ones um, did. Spring Cleaning of the Mind was right after that, which was kind of related to yeah. this. Um, Me too. Kind of like getting getting thing, getting things in order. Yes. Um, so we wanted to kind of do that again. Yeah. Um, in, in miniature a little bit. We're not doing flights yeah. this time. We're just kind of... We're just kind of talking. Just kind of spitballing. So... How does stress affect your reading life? Um, I don't read. Yeah. If I'm stressed. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm very much the same. <laughs> I think I'm kind of the same way in that I can see like I think when we do reading recaps, I realize the months where mm-hmm. I read fewer books are because there is more going on here. Right. Um, because contrary to popular belief, when you're a bookstore owner, your job isn't solely to read books. Right. Obviously, I try really hard uh-huh. to be a well-read bookstore owner, but I think most bookstore owners would tell you uh, reading time is actually hard to come by right. because there's a lot of other stuff to do. Because you're doing meetings during the day constantly. Yes. Um, sometimes after hours, you're still taking care of business things. My eye just started twitching. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So then you might have some time after dinner. Yeah. Yes. And that's when I little... read. I read in the bathtub and I read in bed. Right. Um, I will say, if it's a book I love, which we're going to talk about during August reading You make recap, time. I make time. Like, I read in the car. Uh-huh. I read waiting while for you're an driving. appointment. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I do not read while I'm driving. Um, but I do compulsively have, like, a book mm-hmm. with me. Uh, yesterday I was at a therapy appointment because that's something I also do now that I'm a bookstore owner. Um, which and is good. Everyone should. Look, if you can, I highly encourage it. But I was weirdly early. And so I was like, I really tried to make an active effort to not look at my phone Mm -hmm. and to read my book instead. And luckily it's a book I was really enjoying, Mm -hmm. so it worked out. But I think like you, in times of stress or in seasons of high activity, I turned to TV. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I turned to TV. I, in the past couple of weeks, I have noticed myself not really liking noise. We talked about this a few episodes ago. I have not listened to as many podcasts as mm-hmm. usual. Oh, yeah, I haven't at all. I stopped listening to the daily, mm-hmm. daily, um, which I would like to go back to doing, but it's like my brain couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, not even just the heaviness of the news, but just noise. Yeah. Um, so I stopped listening to a lot of podcasts. I still have my couple that I listen to faithfully, but um, I stopped listening to podcasts. And then in the past couple of days, I've realized that my phone is stressing me out. Mm-hmm. So texts. Instagram, Twitter, my mail. I deleted mm-hmm. my mail app wow. forever ago. Yeah, I did that over a year ago. Um, but then I realized, why am I checking my mail? Like, um, Michelle is helping me with that. Mm-hmm. So she's organizing my mail. And so why do I keep compulsively checking it? It's a mm-hmm. compulsion. Yeah. This is what Jordan and I were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not actu- out of actual necessity. Right. So I logged off. Like, I logged out. Because I was accessing... This is... This is a, this sounds like an addiction. Like I had deleted the app from my phone, but I was still accessing it through Safari. I did that with Twitter last year. I do it too. Yeah. I deleted the Twitter app. I only look at Twitter through Safari. And so 
I, I was doing that, and then I thought, this is stupid. It Let is. me just get the app, because I'm spending more time on Twitter trying to do things through Safari yes. than I would if I just had the Twitter yes. app. So I have the Twitter app again. I think I'm just going to log off of Twitter. I would just like to see what my mental space looks like and what my reading yeah. life looks like if I don't maybe have these things. Instagram is something I'm not ready to give up, but I do think I could put it in its place better. And Instagram I barely use. Right. Um, Facebook I don't care about. Um, I use Twitter, and Twitter, like we talked about, I think on Unpopular Opinions from last week, um, I have recently found this like community of X-Men Twitter yes. that has been weirdly encouraging and beautiful and fun yeah. in a way that like I look forward to that. Yeah. I look forward to Wednesday when everybody is talking about the new issue. Yeah. Um, so and that's different. It is different. Yeah, that's different. And it's different. not stressing me out. And I ended up unfollowing a lot of accounts that were stressing me out. Yes. And that's um, the other thing too. We can unfollow. And it's all people that I like and respect, yeah. but I just, I, my mental space doesn't need what they're providing right we now. We have to give each other room to unfollow when we need to. Mm-hmm. And meaning when you see somebody unfollow you, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it, don't take it personally or, right. and I don't know, I never would know when, if somebody's unfollowing mm-hmm. me, I don't know how people keep track of that. But like, I think there's an app you can get that oh, does that. No guys. And don't, why, why would you do that don't to yourself? do that. Um, but I just think if you see your numbers dropping, just know we're all exhausted. Mm-hmm. And it's people trying, think of it this way, it's people trying to pare down mm-hmm. and figure out which voices they want to listen to. And right. that's okay. And you can do the same thing. About a year ago, I think I pared my Twitter down to only following 100 accounts. Okay. I think I'm now up to like 130, 140. Yeah. But like... Yeah. That's a lot of people. Well, that's what's so interesting. People I'm not actually in contact with other than on Instagram. Yeah. Whose content I don't care about. Yeah. And I don't want to make the show of caring. Right. Somebody told me, um, I think I was asking somebody with a far larger audience than I was like how they handle it. And she suggested, she was like, oh, well, I only follow people I know in real life. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, that's a great that's idea. A, that's a rule I have yeah, for sure. that's a great rule. But then I even looked, and I follow a lot of businesses on Instagram mm-hmm. because either I like their business, mm-hmm. I get ideas from their mm-hmm. business, or I want to support their business. And it is an easy way to support a small business. Sure. Like, without making purchases, you can still support them by following them. Um, Which then helps their SEO, helps their exactly. rhythm. Exactly. Um, not rhythm. What's the word I'm looking for? Algorithm. algorithm. There we go. Um, so yeah. So if you can't afford to buy books from the bookshelf or from any other independent bookstore, I get it. Like people have budgets, mm-hmm. but you can follow people and that's an easy way to support um, businesses like ours. But then I looked and I was like, okay, so I'm down to a little over 200 people I'm following, I want to mm-hmm. say. Maybe more. I might be at more. The, the number was astounding to me that I was like, wait, I've purged and I still have this many. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little mind numbing. Yeah. And I was telling Jordan, it makes me aware, and this is good and bad, right? I don't want to be a person who buries my head in the sand, but I'm very aware of every tragedy. Mm, yeah. And I don't just mean national tragedies because I think we Even all are aware small of small personal tragedies. Yes. Yeah. I mean like, um, okay, like when somebody's, grandparent dies mm-hmm. or when somebody's child has um has to go to the hospital like or even when somebody has to put their pet down yes like i am privy to all of that mm-hmm. whereas you know 10 15 20 years ago you would have only been privy to that in your circle we would attend our own gardens yes it's really interesting so that contributes to my stress which means you would think my book slash reading life would improve right during times of stress right 
because because you're trying to avoid all that other stuff. Yes. But instead I find my comfort is television. And right now, and for the past several months, I have only watched TV for one to two hours max Mm -hmm. a day. day. Um, It's been like something to watch while we're eating dinner Uh um, because that's fun and then we can talk about it. And I know people are like, oh, eat dinner together and talk about your things. And like... Well, you and Kelsey also lived similar lives. Like for me and Jordan, we do... Depends on how stressed we are. Right. But, like, we mostly eat at our dining room table mm-hmm. because that is our time to, like, hey, how was your day? Right. And like, there's nothing wrong with no, that. Please don't get... There's nothing wrong with... Exactly. I'm, so I'm saying, like, I think it's great that you eat at your dining room table. Please don't shame me for eating at the coffee yes. table on the floor while we watch TV. No. We're all just doing the best we can. We're all just doing the best we can. And then we talk about the things that we're watching. Yes. Like, that's okay, too. Yes. Also, we're together all the time. We work yes. at the same job. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. y'all's lives look different. Exactly. We don't need to catch up because yeah. we were together all day. Jordan and I literally work in different cities. Exactly. Different states. <laughs> different states. That's right. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Completely different. Anyway. Um. So yeah, my TV intake hasn't been much. My comic intake also hasn't been much. Lately, I've just been in a social media hole. Okay. um, And unable to bring myself to do anything. And I think what happens is when I have too many things to do, I'm paralyzed and don't know where to start. And so I do nothing. Okay. Um, And I'm like, I could read. But another thing would be more productive. Oh, but this other thing would be more productive. And then I do nothing. Just spiral. Mm -hmm. I... I think for me, it has to be just start. Mm-hmm. So That's the right advice. So like last week or two weeks ago now, who knows? Time is weird. Um, but I have finished The Goldfinch. Mm-hmm. And then obviously as a reader, sometimes you want some time to like recover from books that yeah. you really like. Um, but I have known, I have noticed that for me, if I sit too long, uh-huh. it means, yeah, I don't pick anything up. So... Last week I had to write an article for a magazine about my favorite books for fall, and I haven't really done a lot of fall reading, um, which is sad, but also life. I don't... Is it... And maybe I'm wrong here, but is this fall season a little weak on the book front? It feels it. Now, I have come across a couple. Sure. That there are I am great books, really for sure. excited about. But, but in trying to pick my shelf subscriptions, less. I've been like... Yes. Pickens are slim this year. So that is what I have noticed as well. Um, But I did read some really... So I wound up starting some books last week, and I realized that that was okay. Like, Mm -hmm. to start some things, and even if I don't finish them, just to get a feel for the book, I'm really bad at that. Yeah. Um, But for the first time, like, I think I picked up three, read the first couple chapters of three, finished one, Mm -hmm. because I loved it, and now I think I'm going to go back to another one. So there are different ways to do your reading life. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm notorious for reading 30 to 50 pages of something, really liking it, yeah. putting it down, intending to pick it back up, and then never going back to it. Isn't that funny? It's terrible. It's one of my least favorite qualities. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, but I have a lot of books that I own yeah. that are just like, that I've read half of yeah, and fully intend to read the rest and just never have. And I don't want books to become part of my stress. Right. Like, exactly. I, I don't want them to be part of the stress. Um I have noticed that during times of stress, I really like compulsively readable books Mm -hmm. because much like TV or movies, it can be that escape. Um, So thriller, we have talked before Mm -hmm. that when I'm in a reading slump, I typically gravitate toward thrillers or YA. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the same can be said for times of stress. Like, let me read about this girl who's stuck in an apartment building and can't leave (laughs) because that stress sounds worse than mine. Way worse than mine. (laughs) I'd rather read about that. Um, 
I don't really gravitate toward high literary things mm-hmm. unless they're compulsively readable. And right. there are some of those. Right. Um, I just finished Ann Patchett's new book. Ooh. And it falls into that category. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Um, or, you know, somebody... So I read that book, Burnout. Yeah. Okay, can't recommend it enough. Like, I think it's amazing. I was recommending it to a customer Mm -hmm. who was stressed, Mm -hmm. and she did not want to read it Mm. because she felt like it would make her more stressed. Interesting. And I thought that was so interesting because I read Burnout during a season of high productivity, Mm -hmm. and it was so helpful because it made me have solutions to my stress. Mm -hmm. Like, it made me realize I could be handling it a different way. Um, So... I know self-help books might not be what people gravitate towards mm-hmm. during times of stress, but they might, even if you don't read the whole thing, right. but just do what you do and read a few pages mm-hmm. or read a chapter that applies. Right. That um, could be helpful. And something I've been reading in a similar vein is marriageology. Yes. Um, that is very good because what nobody tells you and what everybody tells you about wedding planning is that it's the worst thing in the world (laughs) and that it really puts a strain on your relationship and makes everybody question, why are we doing this? Um, Because it's not about marriage. It's about the wedding, which is something else entirely. Which is a whole different stressor. That's planning an event together. And so to read this book, Marriageology, which is about like, Divorce rate's really high. Let's talk about why marriages fail yeah. and how to avoid these things. Yeah. It's super great yeah. to be like, oh, okay, when we fight about this, we're actually fighting about this, and here's how we can resolve that yes. better and be and grow and become better people together. Yes. Um, which is a joy. Yes. Um, and what marriage is supposed to be about. And that's how I think burnout is. Like, I'm in yeah. the middle of stress, so help me read some. I think about a time in my life when I was, like, the queen of yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still occasionally working mm-hmm. on it, but like as a person, I think now I'm not that way as a person, but as a business owner still, I sometimes mm-hmm. say yes to a lot of things. Anyway, I was in a time of my life where I was like the yes queen. And so I read the book Boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it was amazing because I was living that season and I needed like an expert to tell me, hey, in the words of Taylor Swift, you need, you need to, to calm, calm down. down. And... Here's how to prevent this from mm-hmm. happening in the future. Exactly. Here are some ways to set some boundaries in your life. And I read it in a time where I had none. And so was it stress? Was it more stressful to read the book Boundaries? For me, no. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of needed it. Right. I needed somebody to tell me. And we both, I think, are of the personality type that is like, yes, no, please tell me what's wrong yes. so that I can categorize it and then work to fix and it. And fix it. That's why sometimes my therapist is telling, like yesterday I was talking to her about something and she was like, you're just going to have to sit with it. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get to fix it. Yeah. And I was like, wait, but, but why? <laughs> and I think this is X and XJ types yes. are just always like, but. But what can I do about this? I need to fix it now. Yeah. I want to <laughs> fix it and make it better. Um, another um, genre that I kind of gravitate mm-hmm. toward during times of stress. I said YA, but you know what I've noticed? It's actually children's chapter books. Like middle grade. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, and often books that I read as a kid. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about this before, like comfort food. Yes. Comfort books. Or some of those books are just really good. Mm -hmm. So to me, the classics are comfort. Yeah. Betsy Tacey, little women, an old fashioned girl, eight cousins, which I did see somebody tweet that now that we're getting this little women remake, is it going to be the Louisa May Alcassance or whatever? (laughs) And could we please get an eight cousins film? Mm. Because no one has ever done that. And I am here for it. Like I loved eight cousins. Um, It's fine. I might be in the minority. Anyway, the classics to me are comfort lit. I actually think 
more children's chapter books like The War That Saved My Life, which is actually like stressful, like there are things stressful happening in it, or Bloom Ability, which I recommended a few weeks ago on the live show. Um, those are books that are so enthralling mm-hmm. because children's book authors have to. Like they have to right. grab you because mm-hmm. because kids are not going to give you the time of day right. unless you grab them. Right. And so... Not kidnap them. I really yeah. That no, sounded. please, please don't. Please do that. no kidnapping. Um, no, I mean like authors have to get a kid's attention, right? Because there are so many other things vying for their attention. Exactly. So these kids' books, reading them as an adult, is actually really lovely. Again, because like a movie or a well done TV show, it feels like an escape. Like mm-hmm. I can, I don't need to be worried about the bookshelf right now because I'm worried about right. how this girl is going to adjust to life in a boarding school. Like, like <laughs> I would much rather have and, that. And Olivia asked me when I came in how reading the Game of Thrones series is going, and I haven't read any of them since I finished the first one, but I thought, you know, I read that first one in the latter days of my dissertation. Mm-hmm. That was escape reading for me. Yeah. And really, that's what I should be picking maybe up instead of stressing about these other things that I feel like I need to read. Yes. And maybe that mm. maybe that's the thing is I think, and probably some in our listenership are like bookstagrammers, and I do think there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. probably to read like the next hot thing right. or to read like your probably giant stacks of ARCs like uh-huh. we have, but instead read what you want, especially if your life is stressful. So I have right. seen, like I think about my friends who are teachers or school counselors, your reading life is going to change now. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked before, like if you are a stay-at-home mom and mm-hmm. your kids just went back to school, you might have a lot you more might time have read. more reading time. And so I think our reading life adjusts to our life rhythms. Right. And if we can be okay with that. Right. And, and allow ourselves to adjust and not compare ourselves to a different time in life. Yes. Unfairly anyway. Right. Like think about like when I was in college, mm-hmm. I wasn't reading anything but school books. Nothing at all. But I was reading school books constantly yes, all the time. all the time. Um, but now my reading life looks different. Mm-hmm. But sometimes my reading life requires me to read just like school required mm-hmm. me to read. So, Annie, maybe you could just read some things for shelf subscriptions. Right. And not read for fun right now. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do. I'm having to really grapple with that. People have asked that before. Like, how does your reading life change when you become a bookseller or a bookstore owner? And... All it meant for me for a long time was that I read more. Right. That's all it meant. Um, But now I'm realizing, oh, I might have to adjust. Mm -hmm. And when I'm, quote, reading for work, um, which is hard because I don't Mm -hmm. do that at work. Right. (laughs) Um, You're reading for work, but not at work. Right. But I'm wondering, like, should I build in reading time to my working day? And where I'm reading books for literary luncheon Mm -hmm. or books for shelf subscription. Because that's not slacking off it's not like that's part of your it's job it's part of my literal it's job it's a big part of your job um and i'm so hard on myself and then i'm thinking wait a minute maybe i should be reading some at work yeah and then when i'm at home i can either read for fun um or like i've been reading louise not louise mayocott ellen montgomery mm-hmm. so while i was in prince edward island i picked up she has volumes mm-hmm. of her journals right and so i picked up volume two because that was the one that i saw excerpts of throughout the anna Green gables um, museum tour mm-hmm. It is delightful, Mm. but it's obviously not something I'm going to read through. No, of course. But I'm picking it up kind of every night before bed. Well, it was like David Sedaris' journals that he wrote a couple years ago. That's exactly right. You can't read it straight through. No. That would be terrible. No, it's not the same. Um, And so, like, there was a football game on Saturday night, and so 
during commercials or during like times mm-hmm. where nobody was scoring, like I read, like I read some mm-hmm. and it was nice like to have something on in the background. But then this other thing that I knew I could read without having to plan on writing a review right. or, right, right, right. or doing it for shelf sub right. or whatever. So anyway, that is how I think that is something that I like to read during times of stress because yeah. it's not for anything but exactly. me. It's just for me. Yeah. I'm, I think traumatized by all my years of schooling, 11 years of higher education. Look, um, it's like, real. Cause I'm always reading for or something. Yes. And so I feel like traumatized by capitalism too, that like, if I'm not reading something for a productive purpose, yes. then I am doing something morally wrong. Yes. Um, thanks Protestant work ethic. <laughs> Look, and it's, and I say this as somebody who appreciates your Protestant work ethic. <laughs> it's not all bad. It's like, not all bad. Like, it's not all bad. But, but the guilt associated isn't. Yes, isn't the guilt fun. isn't great. And you and we should be able to read for work or for school or for whatever. But then there might be another part of our reading life that isn't that at all. For you, that might be Game of Thrones or comic books. Right. For me, that might be you know journals or Flannery O'Connor's right. letters, like books I'm not reading to sell. Right. I'm not reading to sell this. I'm just reading because I like it. And I am doing that a little bit with comic books. I'm reading, there's an iconic run where a writer named Chris Claremont wrote the X-Men from 1976 to 1991. Oh, wow. It's one of the longest runs on a single comic book by a single writer in history. I think it might be the longest. Wow. And so I'm trying to read through that. Yeah. Um, and I'm in 1981 right now. Okay. Which is pretty good. Yeah. I've gotten like 52 issues yeah. deep like I'm I'm doing You're in this it. um and it's super enjoyable and fun but it's just such a completely different rhythm from what modern comics look like so much more dialogue so oh, much more really? narration okay. yeah it's like it's it's truly a soap opera interesting um, in a really fun way um and that it is kind of my Right, you're not reading that for school. I'm not reading it for you're anything. not reading it to benefit your marriage. I'm you're reading just it for reading fun, it. Yeah. And it is good but it is so wordy that I can really only do one or two a day. Um, but I do have that. Yeah. I I suppose I do have that. Yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting conversation. And I think it's one that probably especially is relevant for people who have jobs that require them to work. Like Jordan's reading life post law school was virtually non-existent and he has turned to audiobooks. Yeah. So audiobooks are what he He's got that commute. And so it makes a lot of sense. If I lived in a city where I was on a train. Yes. I know God, that can I would. Can you imagine how much reading you could it get would done? It would be incredible. If, I think about it all the time. just have a high speed rail between Tallahassee and Thomasville. And so there's a job yeah. I'm applying for. It's outside of Philadelphia, and I'm hoping that like if I got that, that would be so Then it fun. would mean that I could commute. Yes. Oh, that'd be on, so fun. On public transit, yeah. Well, be great. Public transit is the one thing we're really missing. Yeah. I mean, there's a few. There things. are a lot of things <laughs> we're really missing, but, <laughs> but it's that's something thing. that's been consistently missing from my life. I think I would really love that. It would, Me too. That would that would alter my reading life. It would take all the stress out. All. We're at the bottom of the barrel again. Started out strong, but now we're coming up thin. Oh, we've cast our lots with all the devils of sin. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. 
Thank you, as always, to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album Forlorn Strangers. You can learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content like my definitive ranking of Taylor Swift songs, you can find us on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also check us out at our website, fromthefrontporchpodcast.com, for web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. I don't know that anybody else will find this funny, but right now, downstairs at the bookshelf, there. so we have track lighting. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the only way I know how to describe it. It's track lighting. So there's one light that is on its way out, Mm -hmm. and as a result, it is just blinking. Right. And then we have- But it's 20 feet in the air. Yeah, it's 20 feet in the air, so my dad is bringing his giant ladder, and he's gonna take care of it, but not until tomorrow. Mm. So until then, it was just, it's funny slash it makes you wanna go insane, because the light is blinking, and unless we turn the whole row of lights off, which mm-hmm. would then make for a dark store, mm-hmm. just as what it is. But we were also, I I don't know what playlist we were listening to. I don't know if it was like, you know, Spotify, when mm-hmm. you finish a playlist, makes up its own. Mm-hmm. So maybe we had been listening to Taylor Swift or we had been listening to pop music. And so it was basically like a club, like at the, With this flashing <laughs> it was like light. this flashing strobe. <laughs> and, then, and it was like 10 in the morning on a Tuesday. And all of a sudden, like I looked up at my computer and I was like, I'm not sure I understand the vibe That's very here good. today. <laughs> So, anyway. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.